don't design for designers. They can support you, of course, but they're not the people that are going to support your life and change your life. It's normal, regular customers. And that's what like changed my whole vision on this was because I did that. And I was like, well, wait a second. I've been listening to all these and trying to like base everything around pleasing other designers where I'm, I'm not the best artist in the world and I'm not even that popular as far as a designer. And then I went and did that thing and I made $800 one weekend. And I was like, that shit don't matter. The Side Hustlers Perspective Podcast is fuel for your mind and creative grind. Each week, we break down the art of healthy hustling, getting out of your own way, and growing your creative business. What's going on? You're listening to episode 247 of the Side Hustlers Perspective Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Scotty Russell, and my mission is to help you bet big on your creative pursuits, especially if you want to turn your side hustle into your main hustle. You can follow along with my latest art, design, and tips on mindset, motivation, and marketing on Instagram at Coach Scotty Russell and all things podcast at Side Hustlers Perspective. Two quick announcements. I am taking March and April off, and it's much needed for an important reason because during this time, I'm going to be practicing, testing, and building a new live streaming format that combines coaching, PowerPoint presentations, teaching, community, and the podcast all in one. So join me for the early part of this process during this time off, these two months off, over on my YouTube channel. That's where I'm going to be doing weekly live coaching sessions that'll eventually evolve into the podcast when it officially returns. And those on my email list are going to get the full info and updates. So stay tuned for that. Second announcement, do you want to go deep with me for a highly personalized coaching experience for three months this spring? If so, round six of the 12-week coaching program officially kicks off March 14th through June 5th. It's like right around the corner. Me and six to eight creatives such as yourself are going to be tapping into the next level of clarity, confidence, community, and accountability that I feel are required to elevate your creative pursuits at a rapid pace. Okay, I want you to truly be proud of the measurable growth you had by the end of this year. If this sounds like a good fit for you, join the waitlist at SideHustlersCoaching.com to learn more and get first dibs at an early bird reduced rate before I open this up to the public. I hope I get a chance to be your coach this spring. And if you're hearing this later on, just know you can still join the waitlist at SideHustlersCoaching.com for a future fall or spring program to apply early and lock in that reduced rate. Today's overview. The majority of people listening to this podcast, I'm assuming are aiming to become their own boss one day. In order to do so, it takes years of failure, patience, experimentation, developing systems, and finding what works and what doesn't. It's not supposed to be easy, but the struggle is hella rewarding when things begin to click. Today's guest, Jimmy Bryan of Atomic Child Design, is a nature-inspired artist and brand slagging millions in merch across the land. Saying that his story of washing dishes for $10 an hour to becoming his own boss, making a killing off of selling his work, to say that this is inspiring simply doesn't do it justice. And I think you find his story fascinating as well. In today's episode, we talk shop on not chasing profits right from the beginning, operating with a chip on your shoulder, creating what you love and finding and creating your niche around it, the path to becoming your own boss, selling merch, slowly scaling, and so much more. The goal of this episode is to empower you with absurd amounts of motivation and actionable steps for becoming your own boss one day, or at least just taking your side hustle pursuits to the next level if you're one of those rare unicorn cases who love your day job. That's totally cool. But before we get started, could you do me a solid? This show grows because of dope souls like you sharing the good word with your family, your friends, or your following. And it would mean the world to us if you took a screenshot or a video of you working to this in the background and tag us over on Instagram stories at Side Hustlers Perspective and Atomic Child Design so we can connect and I can reshare the love back. 
As always, keep an open mind and act on anything that inspires you today. Let's go. Jimmy, my man, it's finally great to connect after all these years. As before, I mentioned in our our pregame that uh, I have seen your work. It's come across my feeds. It's beautiful. It's unique. It's original. You do a great job with the merch, but what really caught my attention was your approach on educating and empowering your mindset and the encouragement you put out there for other people like us who are trying to build our own way with our creativity. And yeah, I just thought you'd be a perfect fit to bring on the show today. So thank you so much, man. How you doing? Good. And thank you for having me on. Uh, I've watched a lot of your episodes, so I appreciate what you do. And yeah, I think that, uh, you know, we're all kind of in this bubble, design bubble. We kind of get all these information. We think it's supposed to be a certain way. And there's a million different ways to do that. So um, I, I love telling people about my story because I just think it's a little bit different. I mean, a lot of design people have similar stories and kind of has similar things, but I'm a little older now. So I feel like it's a little bit of a different story than a lot of people uh, who expect things early on in the career, you know? Right. And I think that's the beautiful thing or what I try to capture on this show is there's no one way of doing things. There's just a plethora of different angles you can take, which can also be super overwhelming. At times, it's about finding what works best for you, picking a lane, and just giving yourself a shot. And so for those who may not know about you, can you give us just a brief Wikipedia page summary about yourself? Uh, so, I mean, currently, I own AtomicTrial.com, which is an outdoor apparel brand inspired by nature. Um, and it's owned and designed by me. Um, no investors, no, you know, all money just from one product. Save, 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 built up. Grassroots. Uh, now we're in a warehouse of 3,000 square foot warehouse, seven employees, five sales reps. We're sold nationwide. Um, but, you know, it started out as being an artist going to art school, graduating college, being lost for 10, 20 years trying to figure myself out. So, um, you know, I think there's a lot of uh, people that are in that, those lost that last time. And it's hard because so many people, uh, so many people doubt you and uh, a lot of people in today's society are like, what are you doing? What, what are you up to? Like, I just, I didn't even talk about it for like 10 years because I was just working a regular nine to five job. As everybody knows who's gotten anywhere, there's a lot of behind the scenes, 10,000 hours work that nobody ever sees to any kind of success. What kept you in the game? Because as you were stating before, and like you've talked about on your Instagram, you're 42. You know, it took you a while to find your groove, 10 to 20 years feeling lost. Like I had that good solid decade of just like, what the hell's going on with my life? You know, well, I'm never going to be here. Like what, what made you stick with it? Stubbornness for one. <laughs> I really am one of those people that have been drawing on my life like most of us, but I never like, what else am I going to do? Like I, I, that was my biggest thing in life was like, I, I don't know what else I'm going to do. This is what I love to do. And I mean, that's all I have. I mean, I, I'm one of those people who can put a chip on your shoulder and use that to like make you do more because I went to college and pretty much in college, right at the end of the college portfolio, they were basically like, you're a real nice guy. I don't know if you're an illustrator, you know, like, and I was just like, all right, I'm going to prove you guys wrong, <laughs> even though it took a long time. For me, that was the only thing. I tried working for other people. Um, I did freelance design for 15 years, and that just wasn't my thing. Um, I, I wasn't good with art direction. Um, 
I don't know. I just kept pushing and I just took every time somebody doubted me, uh, every time people, you tell people what you do, like, oh, I have an art degree. And you're like, what are you doing? I'm working in construction. And you're like, oh God, you know, it's just like, I took all those things that usually kick you down. And I just was like, this is, this is, this is going to keep me going. I got to do this. I just don't have another option, you know? So tip number one for people right there, I extracted, operate like you have a chip on your shoulder and not a tortilla chip, not a Doritos, but like external sources like some people struggle with getting internally motivated so if you need an external source to get a fire going like that's what i needed in the beginning i had the same thing like my college professor was like eh, this style is not not necessarily what the world wants to see she was very gestural and true fine artist and i'm like these tight tattoo based lines she made me feel like my work wasn't capable and yeah that beat me down for a while but then it fired me up but so then from there, when did you start gaining traction? So I did band merch design for like 10 or 15 years, which made me money on the side when I was working, you know, my nine to five job. Um, so that kept the fire going because I was getting work. It was obviously like in my 20s and 30s. And I don't know if you, you have any experience band, work, band merch design or if anybody here has experience, but it's terrible. Like almost 99% of those people are, they just pay terrible. I'll say yeah, anybody I've talked to, there's not really budgets in band work. Yeah. There's only one band I still work for and it's Fish and that's because they're awesome and they, they pay a decent amount. So, um, but yeah, so I did that forever. So the freelance is kind of what kept you in touch with your artist identity. And where did like the merch start coming in? I kind of went down this path of I quit I quit that job like I had a stable job up until I was like 29 I kind of had like this midlife crisis where I was like what am I doing with my life why am I doing this why am I not doing art I just like randomly quit my job without preparing for it which we all know how that goes so I freelanced with you know no saving nothing off for a couple of years and that was terrible broke up with my now wife girlfriend like last moved in with parent like it was terrible terrible idea uh, not preparing and then I started working for a company that we produced. Um, I was the art director there uh, and we produced uh, uh, products for clients. And I did that for like three or four years. And about the third year, um, I started like, like listening to some other podcasts. They were talking about doing markets and like markets, like uh, farmer's markets or just like, like in Denver, there's all different kinds. There's like markets where people go drink. There's just, there's a million different types of markets. So I started doing that because I was like, what, like, I want to make products. I try to sell them online. You know, everybody just thinks you put something online and then it's going to sell. And then I sold some things, but it's not enough to make a living. So I went and did one market. I think um, I probably did like $800 in two days, the first one. But for me, uh, I think I was like 37 or something. And I was just kind of like, a light bulb went off. I was like, I just made $800. Would you would you have at your first market just so people can be like, oh my, I'll never get to his level. But how my shit started was stickers and sticker packs is how I started in the beginning when I was doing my own merch. Yeah. So when I first started, I didn't even do stickers because I I, I didn't even think that was a thing really that people liked to bought. Uh, I just had one hat with one design, um, a couple patches and enamel pins because it was back when enamel pins were like everybody. Those were your first products? Yeah. And I had some art prints. Wow. So um, that was it. And I, I did that. And I was just so surprised that people actually wanted to buy my stuff because I had lived my whole life in the design bubble. And like, 
you know, you judge yourself and compare and you're not as good and like nobody wants your stuff. And like, you're, you're like trying to sell to designers, which isn't really your audience. It's the other 99% of people in the world that don't care about what designers Ooh. care about. They just want what they like. Say that one you more know? time. It's, Cause everybody, like I thought I was creating for designers for the longest time or creating for my idols when that's not the case. Yeah. That was, that's, that's been the most freeing thing. Uh, don't design for designers. Um, those aren't the people that are going to, they can help, they can support you, of course, but they're not the people that are going to support your life and change your life. It's normal, regular customers. Um, and that's what like changed my whole vision on this was because I did that and I was like, well, wait a second. I've been listening to all this and trying to like base everything around pleasing other designers where I'm, I'm not the best artist in the world and I'm not even that popular as far as a designer. And then I went and did that thing and I made $800 one weekend. And I was like, that shit don't matter. <laughs> like this is life change. Like, you know, I was making, I think I was getting paid like $40,000 a year at that point. And I was just like, uh, okay. <laughs> you know, like this is, it's just a complete mind shift. Cause we're just so, I just think when you grow up in this design illustration, creative bubble, there's just so many things that are like forcing us into this one thing when the whole world is out here, you know? Definitely. No, that, that is pretty eye-opening for a lot of people. I think that's going to hit people because they're worried about selling to the other designers or people within the creative community bubble, which you might have some really close homies that want to support you there, but it's bigger than that. There's not enough of us to support each other and make everybody not a living, but wealthy. Plus too many people are way too competitive. Yeah, there is that. And I mean, I still judge myself to this day. So, I mean, I just think that's part of it, you know, but like I, I just think like people, like we can keep going on markets or whatever's next, but I just think that was one first time. I mean, I've made $15,000 a week doing markets. So those markets are, they can change your life if you want to sell products. Yeah. I have one of my students, Yam, shout out to Brian Montez, who's actually in Colorado. Yeah, his work's awesome. You know, okay. You know, he, yeah. yeah. I see him always popping up on your feed too, but I automatically think of like him starting off and where he could be on your level down the road which I think is awesome. So can you tell me about those early stages of selling and being profitable? Because I'll be honest, a lot of people ask me, how do you know when it's time to monetize? How do you know when it's time to be ready to make your first time? And I feel like the majority of early on people that I talk to aren't ready. They haven't found their creative groove. They haven't connected truly with their work. Like if you don't connect with your work, how do you expect someone else to connect and want to buy it? You know, but I feel like early on you connected, you knew that I, this is inspired by nature. Here's kind of my look and feel, continually experimenting and scaling and growing with that, but I feel like you kind of had your groove established. Well, let, let's let's talk about that's not early on. This is me at 37. 37. Early, early on, I tried t-shirt brands. I Like when Etsy first started, I tried going to Target, buying purses, painting purses and selling an Etsy. Like I, f I failed it a bunch of different times. So, okay. That's good to know. I think the biggest thing to do is you got to do something you like and truly like, and it's not based on a trend and it's something like, I love the outdoors. I, I don't get to do it as much now with this business, but I love going camping and I love tree. Like I love all that stuff. And I've always drawn that stuff. Um, if you can find a niche that you're passionate about, you will find an audience. It's there. You just, how you'll find it because those people are searching for that as well. Now, obviously outdoor nature, that's pretty broad, but it's still a niche, you know? There's different levels than niching is what people should know. It's not like 
I am only working on fly fishing on weekends based outdoors merch. Oh yeah. And then with, within that niche, there's a million different niches. So in the outdoor thing, there's really high brand technical gear, you know? And then there's like, there's um, a really cool design, like uh, what's a topo designs. Like they do awesome, like outdoor backpacks and all that stuff. It's really nice. But like my, my stuff is based off my art and it's also outdoor gear. So it's like, it's just a different version. And then like, we do a lot of wholesale to resorts and if you've ever been to a resort, you've seen that shirt at every other resort. And this industry is wide open to be blown up. So more tips, create what you love, stop focusing on trends or what you think people want to see and base it around, some may say niche, base it around like something you really, really, really love. Like for me, my first product that blew up was I did a drawing of a cat in outer space eating pizza. I love cats. I have two cats sleeping next to me right now, and I'm a pizza junkie, and I love outer space. I put it all together, and I never thought it would turn into something like this. you know. And it spawned four other mug series with my family at Dineen Potter, but it was just something that I loved that was unique to me. If I wanted to be the pizza cat dude, I could have owned that. You know, That was just a weird little quirk, a niche, as you say. And if you're lucky enough to be a person that loves that trend and is all about it, then go at it, you know, but you just have to think about long-term sales. Cause for me, I think about this as I'm 42. This is my shot. This needs to last. <laughs> this can't be a one year thing. You know, this isn't you at 25. And you're like, I think I'm going to give this outdoors thing a try for a year. And if it doesn't work, I'll move on. How long should someone stick with it in your opinion, based on your experience of trying a lane? Man, that's hard because I stuck with art and design for 20 years before I was enough to pay myself. So I guess it's kind of dependent on how much pain you want to go through. <laughs> What's your pain tolerance level to go all out on your dream? That's huge. I mean, you, I just feel like this is so like, it's so kind of like out there to say this, but like I, you either just feel it inside and it's something you have to do and you can't let it go. And no matter what happens to you, you're going to do it every day. And if somebody laughs at you or scoffs at you or you make 10 bucks doing something like you're going to do it because that's what you do. You don't have the option to do something else. That's, that's what, that's all. That was me. That's been me inside with art forever. Of course I did all kinds of terrible, like not terrible things, but I just did regular shit, like washing dishes, working construction. Like I just had to pay my bills, you know, but like I always did freelance work. Um, I mean, I don't know. I was young. I had, I just had a child. I've waited later in life to get more responsible with my life, but I would just go for it in your twenties. If you're single and like, don't have kids, man, just take all the risks in the world. You have an advantage. Oh, such a big, I wish I would have been smart enough to do it then. And just go all in. Like for me, it's always like, anytime I've gone all in on something or picked a lane, I'm like, I'm going to give myself two years to just devote myself to this. Like in this new phase of the podcast, I'm going to be pivoting to live stream. I'm like, I'm just going to go all in two years. This format we're doing now is cool, but it's going to be different in 2022. And I'm just going to give it two years to figure out and see where it goes. But before starting a podcast, it was two years with the blog. It was two years with the art it was like, just go all in two years. And it's constantly just evolved on its own. We don't have to have it all figured out right away. And it doesn't have to be a huge financial thing right away either. I'm not like saying, because I did this once I took out a $4,000 credit card. I printed $4,000 with the t-shirts in my twenties. And I sold like 10 of those things. Did you have the nature vibe back then too? Or was it just something else? No, man, this is early 2000s. It was like weird faces. I drew an illustrator with like Japanese writing underneath. I had no idea what it said. So like, it was just 
It was completely random. Like it made no sense, but I thought it was cool then. So you were probably trying to monetize too early when you hadn't like connected with your work, would you say? Oh yeah. I was just, I was just trying anything back then. I, I mean, it's so hard. It's, it does take, a, I mean, some people are lucky enough to know right away what their thing is, but like a lot of people have to go through the journey and you get there, you grow, you change and you find these things that you like, you know? Would you say that's kind of like the first barrier is like, don't go try monetizing your stuff when you truly haven't like connected it with it where you can't shut it off. You have ideas of nature going in your head. You have drawings that you can't stop and put down because you're so in tune with them. You can't wait to post it regardless if people are vibing to it or not. Like, do you feel like that's kind of the first barrier of truly connecting with your work? I wish someone would have told me that personally. Yeah, I mean, you should, you should definitely do something because you love it before you want to make money off of it. You know, obviously that's a nice side effect. It's, it sounds so cheesy of chase your passion <laughs> yeah. first versus a paycheck. But there's so much truth into that. Yeah, because then it's, you're going to want to do that forever. You're not going to want to do something like even... You're not going to feel defeated okay. if someone doesn't is, buy your first sticker pack right away. Yeah, I don't want to make a million dollars doing something I hate. Like, that's terrible. And so many people would <laughs> say that differently, but you and me as like artists at our core would be like, dude, that would be so draining. Yeah, I wouldn't want to do the like people who do that, like more power to them, but like buy the stuff on Amazon, mark it up and then sell it like good for you. But man, that sounds terrible. But like this day and age, you don't even have to put in a big investment. There's Printful, there's Redbubble, there's all kinds of sites where you can test out stuff. Sticker deals through like Sticker App or Sticker Mule, or you can get like yeah. 50 of your stickers for like 20 bucks. Yeah, and when you first start, don't worry about profits. You just want to see if people like it. So, so you need to make 10 hats. Make 10 hats, pay $50 a hat. Like, just don't worry about, stay small, stay agile, try different things. Cause you like, like when I first started, I didn't make stickers. I didn't understand. I did a booth. People go make stickers, make stickers, make stickers. Like, okay, I better listen to my audience. And now this year we sold 400,000 stickers. Dude, I gotta, I gotta pull this up real quick. This is the kind of shit I like. I'm like, dude, you didn't even care about making this a sexy design post. Wait, we just sold four. 100,000 stickies this year. Just one of your project. One, one of your products. Start with one small thing and never give up. That one popped off. What's the other one I really, really loved? Yeah, this one. Yeah. 32 broke living with your parents. You were washing dishes for money. At 42, you own a business selling millions of dollars of your own art. Your wife, kid, super happy. Don't give up on your dream. This is why you're here today. Is because of those posts. I like that. Man, that don't don't stop putting that kind of stuff out, man. That's that's the dope shit that people need to see. When I was broke and moving with my parents, I uh, you know that's a tough place to be at thirty two. Uh, thankful my parents are awesome and didn't care about that. But uh, most people would fold like a beach chair and be like, actually, it's time for me to just go to a nine to five and just grind until retirement. I just washed dishes to, to pay money for rent. That was it. I was like, I can't. I just didn't want to commit to another job. I was serving at a restaurant for two years just to pay student loans, man. I'm not too proud. I washed at a place that like, I did dishes at my buddy's restaurant as a diner. And then I washed dishes at a place that was like high tea. And like those dishes are like breaking, cutting my hands. I'm like, why am I doing it? But like I had to make money for rent. So I, I don't know, like, like that question was before the time period. It's like, I probably should have given up then. I should have went back and worked a job I worked at for 14 years and was making $50,000 when I quit. Like, 
I, that's probably what the responsible adult thing that would do with them. But like, not for me, <laughs> you know? I feel like chasing your creative dream is a very irresponsible thing. And it's a selfish thing that we have to do. It is. It is. It is very, uh, very, very selfish, but uh, eventually it doesn't have to be. Um, I just think, I just think about that time and it's, uh, it's crazy to where we are now, you know, 10 years can change your whole life. That seems like a long time, but it also isn't a long time, you know? I put out a tweet like a month or so ago and I remember you commented on it. And I remember just like, I was stressed out one morning and I had so many people like a student coaching call or something like that the night before. Of like everybody, I can't wait to do my thing full time. Can't wait. And I just noodled on it all night. And I put out a tweet the next day because I was so overwhelmed with everything going on. I was like, being a solopreneur is hard as hell or doing your thing full time is extremely difficult. There's so much behind the scenes that you don't see the non-glamorous side. It's not just create and post art every day kind of thing. And then you follow it up with something like, but yeah, it's like the best thing ever <laughs> at the same time. I can't remember yeah. what you said. My, my big thing is like, if I don't have to ask anybody for sick days or day off, I'll keep doing that the rest that of my was life. It. Like I was, I was telling like, there's no paid vacations. There's no days off. You always have to be on your tippy toes and be responsive. What you think is your plan for the week. You never know when daycare is going to be calling or like my dad yesterday needed a ride from physical therapy and didn't have a ride. You know, like you never know when there's going to be a wrinkle thrown off your day. You never know where your next paycheck's going to be coming from. And you were like, if I never have to rely on anybody else again, then that's exactly what I want. And I was like, ooh, ooh, that was, that was, yeah. that was great. I'm like, yes. Like th that, that brought in like the, the, the silver lining of it all as well. <laughs> I just remember being a 33 year old adult and having to build up the courage to go talk to my boss to say, can I have, a day off, bro. That's stupid. <laughs> it sucks, man. It just sucks. Like, and I don't have to do that. I can do whatever I want. Of course, I have all, all kinds, of, like you said, all kinds of other things now. But I'll I'll do that every day. You got a whole different world of responsibilities, but I like having the pressure. A lot of people don't want the pressure. They like the idea of it, and not the pressure of everything comes with it. And I will admit at times I operate from fear of what if I lost it all versus abundance. You know, I, do you ever experience that too? Like, Oh my gosh, if I take a day off now, or if I take a week off, will my business crumble? Even though that sounds so silly as I say it out loud. Right now, I don't feel that too much because there's seven employees that work here. And they're doing a lot of the, they're doing all like packing the orders, managing the workflow, getting all the bills, but like they do all that stuff now. So that that's happening without my input for the most part. Um, for me, the, my biggest thing now is like, how does this, where is this going? Like we've, we've like three years ago, like four years ago, it was $50,000. You know, like this year we're over a million. It's just like. It's a round of applause for everyone listening right there. And you say it so humbly, too. It's not even like a, a gross flex. It's, yeah, that's not profits. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, that. yeah. And the taxes you pay on that is ridiculous. But anyways. Are you LLC, too? Are you an S-Corp? Uh, we just changed. We're an S-Corp now, yeah. Oh, thank gosh. Yeah, I'm switching over to an S-Corp <laughs> for people talk. Because as an LLC, you get double tax. I've been murdered the last, this year, or 2021 and 2020 as a self-employed. Like, Murdered. 
the year before we did like 670,000 total and I paid 40K in taxes. So just... Yep. Pretty much here's 35%. Boom. Here you go. Yeah. What were the steps that you took over the years? One, like what would you suggest someone starting in order to become profitable? And if you were doing it again in your own shoes after they've connected with their work first, how, what would like first or second step be for them? And then how did you scale it over the years? So it doesn't have to be fancy. People might look at my feed now and, and they'll see like a show I did and I have the printed tent, the printed tent, I have a custom carpet. I have all that stuff now. I saw you did a before and after of like, here was my, like one of my first booths and here's like the booth at today. Yeah. Like, like I started with a four door Chevy Cavalier. That was my truck. It was a 2000 Chevy Cavalier tables from Walmart and a, and a tablecloth from Walmart and a cheap blue tent from Walmart. Like if you want to do markets, start there, don't go fancy. Um, but yeah, like to stay in age, just make your products. You don't have to invest the money into it. You can order them online. Don't like we were saying before, don't worry about profits. Just make your products, find the markets in your local city. You can, you can easily, if you live in a big city, you know, you're lucky enough to live in a good sized city. You just hit Google farmer market in your city. And a lot of those farmers markets aren't farmers markets. It's just what they call them, you know? And then you go there, you meet people, you network, and then you can expand. Cause like now I know all these other people that are entrepreneurs and doing large volumes of business from that. And I didn't have those connections until I started doing that. So network, net, human networking is still the most important thing there is. Online is awesome. Social media can be awesome, but that's online on real life networking changed my life. Real line, real, you know, meeting people in real life at these markets got me into REI, all stores nationwide, not an email. So that's still the most important thing. Start small. Don't worry about profits. Just go out there and try it out. And you're going to fail. There's going to be markets that aren't for you. And you're going to have to, if, if you seriously want to sell products, you need to do five to 10 save money, invest. They can be as cheap as $75. Sometimes they can be $500 to $1,000. just depends what it is. But you're going to know within those 10 markets, whether people like your products, because at first your parents and family are going to come out and buy stuff and that's all nice, but they're not going to keep buying your stuff. So you'll know right away because people will either come to you and buy your stuff or they won't. And it's the best thing you can is selling your things to strangers who have no idea who you are. And don't feel so defeated if it doesn't pop off. Like, I didn't sell $800 in my first weekend like Jimmy did. But what about the decade of failing before that? Oh, I mean, back then, even $200 extra was life-changing. Like, I, I remember, like, in my 20s, losing a $75 check I did for some t-shirt designed for a band. And I was devastated because I was like, I needed that $75, you know? So... Um, yeah, if you can make an extra two hundred dollars a week and hundred, but you just you know that can change a tons of different people's lives. So it can start; it'll start small. I'm I'm even done markets where I do eight hundred for a weekend or two thousand or whatever, and then the next weekend it's just a shitty venue and you don't make any money, and it's like, but it's on to the next one, you know. So yeah, it's it's a big picture, when it's out, zoom out kind of thing, and give yourself a shot. Yeah, you can't get you can't get defeated by the the small one-time things, you know, you're like, you gotta, you gotta keep, keep going. It's too easy to take that one defeat and just pile it on, you know? So for you, is it the majority of your sales then now wholesale and then just markets or how did you like build an audience and listen to what your audience wants? Cause everybody feels like also as well, like I have to build an audience to get demand to know what people want. 
like online? So I don't really do markets now because just time crunch. But um, I mean, at one point we did like $150,000 just at markets, you know? So there's, there's plenty of work there. So start, you started and it was like scaling on markets and then you kind of built the online shop portion of it well as well. I started in markets and then I started being able to save money. And then like when you do markets, people are like, why don't you do this? Why don't you do this? Like they're going to suggest a ton of things, but you just have to kind of see what like fits within your brand. And then I was able to actually save money aside. And also while I was doing this, you know, like I was responsible. I saved up money um, enough to pay rent. And then I also had a couple, I was still doing freelance work then. I couldn't stop doing that stuff. Um, so then I had a utility client that literally just paid my rent. I was like, I need a job that can pay my rent. I can push off all other bills, but I need at least a job that pays my rent and that's guaranteed. And then I can be as risky as I want. So I had that as well. And then I was able to save money, invest in products, and then grow the brand out. And then, like I said, at a market, I met somebody, you know, that worked at REI and then they told their manager that management. And then I had to fly out to REI and like present and sit down in a room and present my goods to people. And then that was the big thing that like changed everything because now I was getting paid more than a year's salary in one order. So like that really gave me and the brand the leverage to do as I wanted because I was no longer financially afraid. I could just say, no, I didn't do it. I don't do freelance anymore. I just say, no, I say, go check out my buddy, no Orleans supply. That's what I say. He does nature artwork. It, it was a slow scale to, you said, yes, risk it, but you planned your escape the right way versus like what you did in the past of just jumped into it, which a lot of people do. It may work for the very small minuscule amount who hit it big, but the majority of people are going to fall on their ass. It was a train wreck. I burned through my 401k because I was stupid and like, oh, broke, caused a relationship to break up with my parents. Like it was, it was bad planning. So I, I definitely planned this time. So you had some type of savings built up. You had your bills covered and you built up enough demand where you finally realized like, hey, this is going to make me more over here versus like, I'm just going to go with my gut and trust my passion, which if you do it, great. Good luck to you. But I like how you built your way. You you followed the demand. You let the ba- uh, demand bill. You served. You did it right. And then you slowly scaled without the pressure of being like, I have to do this full time overnight. And I, and I started doing it when I was working a regular job as art director. And I just kind of slowly like, I was like, hey, what if I take off one day a week? And they were like, okay. You know, and then I was like, actually, you know, a little while later, how about I take two? And then it was like, I'm going to quit. You know, so I was like, you just... Do it slowly, do it responsibly, uh, because there's, it's no, it's, it's really hard to have to create out of fear. And like, you just end up taking all these terrible projects that aren't good for you. I mean, you'll get a paycheck, but it doesn't help you out in the future. And that's a terrible place to be in. It doesn't truly feed your soul. Yeah, I, I did that for a while and it's, it's, it's a terrible place to be in creatively. I like that idea of before just making the jump, what if you're able to pivot to part-time? And then layer in that next step and like systems and processes and disciplines and habits. Can you talk a little bit about that? Or are you a wing it each day kind of guy and you can get by with that? So that's how I used to be for sure. But uh, now... What, what did the old Jimmy used to do versus new Jimmy? Oh, uh, old Jimmy just woke up and uh, opened up his email and just started doing things or ignored things. Yeah. I mean, now there's seven employees here. So it's a... Uh, 
it's like come to work it's speak to each person what wholesalers do like what's what wholesale is coming in what wholesale is going on what po's are coming in what do we need to prepare for? it's just constantly talking through with other people like all the processes that we have creating new processes like there's so many behind the scenes processes we have to do to make something like this work. Like I have a bookkeeper, I have a accountant, like I have to talk to them. Like, it's just. What'd you do before you had the team though, before you were able to scale? Cause like I'm to the point at a breaking point where it's like, I need more help. I worked at a place, um, a small business where I saw that there was a need for scaling. So like, um, I just did it all myself. I did terrible taxes and like i just winged it like we were in the basement of my house like it was in the apartment and then we moved to a house it was a basement of the house like people were coming over working in the basement of our house so that was wild and then that got too crazy and then so we got a smaller warehouse but um scaling for me is just pain points and then how do you fix those pain points and then how do you you get people to help you do those tasks that are eating up all your time because this job um this whole thing is based around me drawing things right I don't do that too much right now because it's a crazy growth period, but it's setting up all these pro like we're, we're setting up an inventory software that can like keep track of all of our inventory better. We can write, you know, we can keep track of our POs, this is getting ordered for me. Like it's all just finessing those systems and finding ones that work for you and save your time. So you can do the things that you're good at, because if you do all the work yourself for a long period of time, the best part of you, which is why you are who you are and why you grew and why you're successful, gets stomped out because there's all these millions of other things that happen when you scale, as you know. Yeah, I'm like, this has been the year of under the hood growth, or 2021, as we speak in 2022. It's been a systems and scaling, simplifying, understanding what is and what isn't working. Why am I so worn out and not excited? Why can't I create anymore? It's because I have all these other things I need to figure out to put in place so I can get back to the creative side of me. You know, I get it. It's hard. Yeah. And, and I decided to we have a child too. So that's another whole thing. <laughs> right. You know, how are you, how are you operating now as a dad? Thankfully you have a team. So, you know, um, we're very lucky, uh, blessed, whatever you want to call it, um, that my wife and partner that helps me do this is able to stay home and uh, watch our child and then, you know, grandparents are the help, but that's the only way we're able to do this. So I, I look at people now and like who, who work, both parents work jobs and they have kids. And I'm just like, I don't know how people do it. Sus. Like I have, <laughs> yes. I, don't, I don't know how, I don't know how people do it. It's crazy. So um, we're just, we're lucky with that. I'm able to go home when I want. If there's like, I'm 14 minutes away from where I live. Um, I can just leave and go to the hospital for appointments and all that. So I'm just very lucky in that sense that I, I am my own boss and I can make my family my priority in their time. It has to be, you know? Definitely. No, I really, really, really like that. If someone was like wanting to be their own boss, what would be those elements that you would recommend them mastering or tackling? early on, you know, like mindset based habits, routines. If you were talking to your old self as a gym, you're like, you think you want to be your own boss today. Okay. Here's five things you need to work on right now to get your shit straight. Uh, I mean, it just depends on the size, but get an accountant right away. <laughs> Believe in yourself. Don't listen to other people. Try not to compare yourself to other people, even though that's super hard not to do. 
take tasks as at a time, make a list. I used to try to keep everything in my head. That was the worst thing in the world. Make a list, tackle those tasks. If it's not an urgent task, you can wait till the next day. Not everything has to be urgent. Not every email has to be urgent. I put emails and leave them on read in my email. And like, I get to them when I get to them. You know, if it's important, then I do. Thanks, so I like, thanks for getting to my email. Yes. Thank you for sending that email. Um, you know, use help from your friends and family. Uh, when I first started, I had friends helping me do markets because at one point we got to three markets a weekend. So it wasn't just me. It was me, wife and a friend. Your friends and family can help you out a ton. Um, take advice from like when you network, take advice from other small business owners. They've been through this before. Reach out to people that are, you know, similar or a little bigger. Um, sometimes they have time to help you. Sometimes they don't. But like those people can give you help as well. And overall, you just, if you really want it, you're going to go through all the stuff that sucks and you're going to keep pushing and you'll figure out a way. And you don't have to have a business plan. You don't have to have an account. Like the first couple of years, I just winged it, made stuff, sold it. And like, you have to make a certain amount of money before the boss up there cares. You know, they're not coming after you at a certain amount. So like, just do your thing. And then when it gets to a certain size, Get, get your shit correct because they will come after you that you know track all your stuff you know yeah. whatever it's like like get a business credit card that tracks through like wave app or fresh yes. or something so you start can a business account expenses. right away don't mix your finances you know? that's a pain in the ass <laughs> no this has been super super helpful is there anything you want to like let our audience off with with a little word of advice or wisdom before i have them uh figure out where to find you and support you online is it doesn't have to happen right away. If you're in your 20s, even your 30s right now, and you're feeling lost, like you're not successful, it's never going to happen. It can still happen. It doesn't happen for everybody. It requires a lot of work. It requires luck. That does. That's part of it. Um, but a lot of hard work uh, equals a lot of luck, I feel like. I know there's a lot of people going through that same thing who are creative, and they just feel like it's never going to happen, and people don't believe in you, and you have to explain what you do. And like, I have this art degree. Like, all those things, you just you're either going to take that and use it as fuel or it's going to beat you down. You have to make that choice. Damn. I'm over here. Just like, I feel like he's talking to me. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. I'm like hyped to go and start creating something right now. So if there's a place where you could direct people to go and find support, you get involved in what you're doing, what would that look like? Uh, right now, the thing I use the most is atomic or Instagram and it's atomic child design. I post stories every day, pretty much post every day. Um, and that's where there's links to my website and everything. But that's that's my most active social media. And what's next for you too? I kind of want to know, what's that next move? What does scaling from here look like? So we've doubled every year. And we more than doubled this year. So I don't know. <laughs> we're, we're, uh, we're, we haven't really started into apparel. So that's the next thing is we're going to get into apparel. And uh, we just moved into this 3,000 square foot warehouse. And uh, it's full. So it's, it's, it's hard to judge scaling when you're doubling. Like that's, it's so hard to do, but create apparel, get into that and then see where it goes. Like, I just want to be able to manage this correctly. That's the biggest thing right now is like, I'm holding on to the leash of this dog. And I'm like, I, I have to be able to train this dog and make it obedient before like it just takes off, you know, like I, that's my biggest thing. You know, I was like, I don't want this to get out, get out of hand. And like, that's my biggest worry, you know? So I'm trying to get all the systems in place. That's my biggest thing right now. Smart. And even no matter how far you get into the game, I hope people are still seeing like you and me, there's always like 
Uh, my coach said it to me the other day. Whenever there's a new level, there's always a new devil. And in order to like face that next level, you still have to have all your foundational stuff in play to put you in a position to scale. Oh, I mean, you know this as well. You start out with this knowledge, you gain this, you gain this, but okay, so it looks like this is a lot of knowledge, but then there's all this over here you don't know. Like it's, <laughs> so like it, it's never ending. Like if you want to stop learning, then you're going to lose, you know, like you can't. The more you learn, the more you earn. Yeah, for sure. And especially in business, because there's so many back-end things that you can just not know about that'll make you lose so much money. It's, it's crazy. And that's the other thing too, before we let you go is, uh, it's great to be an artist, great making money off your art, but to really thrive and succeed as a professional artist or designer, whatever it is, you got to start learning how to flip on the business switch. You got to be a business person. And if not, then you better either have a spouse or a friend that you trust with your life that is that person because um, you don't want to hand over your finances to somebody else. That's scary. The difference between a, a, a thriving artist and a starving artist is the business switch. Don't feel bad about making money either. That's life. Everybody has to do it. You're an adult. Yeah. Might as well be doing something you love. We all need those credits to live. So don't don't feel bad about that at all. Well, I really want to thank you for your time. I appreciate your transparency, your vulnerability. I think that's what really stood out to me of what makes me want to support you more than just like, hey, I do markets and shops and work with big retailers. I'm like, no, I like the story part. And I just want to like push you to continue to peel back the curtain and drop little nuggets like you're doing more like that's that's the powerful stuff man that gets people like me on board even more yeah i'll, I'll definitely keep doing that because i know tons like tons of people feel that way and you know i'm i'm at one place but i was definitely broke and living with my parents so it can change it's a lot of work but it can change been there <laughs> well much love to you brother i hope we get a kick it soon i can see you at one of these conferences giving a keynote and having your merch booth just tearing it up so uh we will see each other soon i have a good feeling about it awesome man look forward to it take care i hope you enjoyed this conversation with my brother jimmy of atomic child design do what you do best if you found value in what he had to say today go blow him up on instagram right now or whatever platform he's on and share with him your biggest takeaway and go support him through his online shop. I'm sure he would really, really, really appreciate that. And you can find the full episode information containing all links and references within the show notes within your current podcast listening app. And as I sign off, I got to give a huge shout out to the podcast team, Anya, Paige, Hannah, Jared, and Bluka for making this show possible. I couldn't do this without you. And as you finish off your week strong, I want to continue to encourage you to keep showing up, keep putting in the work, and keep creating. You got this.